Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, everyone. I am so delighted to tell you we have coast-to-coast compassion happening uh, from the East Coast to the West Coast. I just got back from the Low Country Veg Fest in Hilton Head, South Carolina, which was incredible. There's a huge movement of compassion, a love for animals, love for the environment, love for plant-based, uh, peaceful food on the East Coast. Simultaneously, on the West Coast, there was the SoCal Veg Fest, which is absolutely extraordinary. I mean, it's a huge, huge, huge. And guess what? We're going to be welcoming in right this second the organizer who is um, an extraordinary woman uh, who put together this Veg Fest that is absolutely unbelievable. It is uh, huge. It, and there she is, Miriam Arhuna, also known as Miriam Vegan Couture. Tell us how massive the Veg Fest you and your team put together for two days in Orange County called the SoCal Veg Fest. Give us a sense of how big and successful it was, Miriam. And by the way, congratulations. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you so, so much. Um, We are so grateful for everyone that came out and everyone that supported us. It was a wonderful event. Uh, We are still going through numbers, but it looks like we had, I I think from what I saw was maybe like 25,000 or 30,000 people that came out. It was massive. It was wonderful. Uh, we definitely are growing at a at an amazing rate uh, and exponentially each year. So we're very, very thankful for that. And we're very happy that people, vegans and non-vegans, are coming out and are open to this lifestyle. Yes. And I have to tell you, we are simulcasting it on Facebook. So if I look down, it's because I'm sharing this incredible video. And uh, we want to we really want to spread the word. Our movement. Our movement of compassion is exploding, and it is exploding across the globe. I was just in Berlin, which is practically a vegan city. It's extraordinary. Uh, Then I went to Luxembourg for the Animal Rights Conference, and then I went to Zurich, which everybody told me, don't think it's too vegan, but guess what? They were wrong. The oldest vegetarian in the restaurant in the world is in Zurich. And it has tons of vegan options. I would say a good 70% of it is vegan. It's called Hiltel. And That's it amazing. And it in 1898. Who knew, right? That's and amazing. So when I went to um, Zurich thinking, well, I was in Berlin, the hotbed of veganism known as the vegan city. Um, it's not going to get any better than that. And then I was so surprised at what was happening in Zurich. And now we have, because of my trip to Europe, we have incredible um, contributors in Europe, like Desiree Verhoeven, who is going live all over Europe for us. And we had contributors going live at your Veg Fest. Give us, for those who couldn't make it, give us, paint a picture of how many vendors 
uh, how many speakers, who the speakers were, who the vendors were, and how the heck you organized all this. <laughs> I am blown away by your organizational abilities. Thank you so much. Um, so, well, first of all, it's it really isn't just me. It, it takes a village, really. It truly takes a village to make something like this happen. We have coordinators. Uh, we have speaker coordinators, music coordinators, um, volunteer coordinators. Just on the volunteer side, we had over 400 volunteers. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's massive. People come together. Uh, staff, we had prop actually... I think we had more volunteers this year, maybe like closer to five or 600. Um, on the staff side, we had around a thousand people that are just trying to make this thing come together and happen. Uh, vendor side, we have over, we had over 200 vendors. We had 210 vendors. Um, our speakers were amazing. Um, you know, our speakers were Gene Bauer, John Lewis, uh, Dr. Davis, uh, Dr. Furman, Dr. May Armati May, Dr. Columbus Batiste, Brian Pease, Sid Garza. Um, I mean, we just have so many amazing individuals that come and contribute to this event. Uh, we cannot be more thankful. We had panels. Uh, on our panels, we had athlete panels. Um, you know, Will Tucker came out. So many amazing people came out to be supportive. So I want to know this. I want to know how you organize something this massive because I've seen it. It's huge. I mean, it's, it's really, really big. I've seen it and it blows my mind because, you know, I'm organizing something big too, which is Jane Unchained News Network. We have now 70 contributors around the world. And uh, it's a lot, but 70 contributors. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of people, hundreds of food vendors. Uh, I, I really would like to understand how you pull this all together. What's your process? Uh, you know, it's a, it is a year-long process, so it doesn't happen overnight. Um, and first, we reach out to our vendors. And, you know, without our amazing vendors, none of this would be available. Uh, none of this would happen. And the other side is without our amazing attendees, none of this would happen. So we advertise on all fronts. You know, we reach out on social media to attendees. We reach out to our amazing vendors. Um, and obviously, we need sponsors to have this happen as well. So we do everything we can. We reach out to everyone we know, family, friends, everyone they know. Okay, and guess what? We have an attendee who is very much involved, who is going to be sitting down in a second talking to us because I want to talk to you about, there she is, Ellen Dent. Hi. You, Hi and, and I know all mm -hmm. of you have been up till one in the morning. Um, you know, Marianne really runs this whole thing with her incredible team, but then she told me, I said, you can come here to do the radio yeah. show. Or she goes, you know, I'm going to be up till one in the morning cleaning up. And I said, okay, do it remotely. And and Ellen Dent, who is an amazing contributor to Jane Unchained and runs our uh, website posting, she was there working uh, till all hours of the night. So, Ellen, tell us what your experience was as an attendee and one of the people working one of the booths. What was your experience of how big was the SoCal Veg Fest in Orange County, California this year? 
It was huge. Uh, there were so many people there. Um, there were so many vendors. I was honestly overwhelmed and I couldn't even walk around very much because I was stuck in this in a holic booth helping my roommate who owns that store. So, I mean, it was inside, it was outside. I, there were people there that I knew that I didn't even see. That's how many people were there. Uh, you know, there was amazing food, amazing vendors. Um, like you said, you can get all your Christmas shopping, holiday shopping done there uh, all in one spot. So, Do you see the movement, Ellen, the animal rights, the vegan movement, the compassion over killing movement exploding because... Let's face it, Orange County is not the most liberal place in California, far from it. It's one of the more conservative enclaves of California. And I'm not talking even just politics. I'm saying it's not like Venice or Silver Lake. It is a much more buttoned-down community. And to see, what did, what did Miriam say? Something like 25,000 people? I mean, it's mind-blowing that that's happening in Orange County, Ellen. Yeah, it's blowing up. I had people come and tell me that they had come years prior and this was, it was night and day different. It was huge compared to just a few years ago. So I think people are really starting to wake up and embrace this way of living. I mean, there's really, there's no other way. There's no other way if we want this planet to survive. Yes. And Christina Romina said, we stayed all day and didn't get bored. This was such fun. Thank you. And other people, Shirley Wolf says 25,000 to 30,000. Wow. I mean, that's like a rock concert. So let me go back for a second to um, Mariam. How did you end up doing this? And what does it say about our movement of Compassion Over Killing. That's the name of an organization, but really it's also kind of describes our movement where we're eating a fabulous, delicious food, but it's all plant-based. No animals are dying. No babies are being ripped away from their mothers and stuck in crates. I mean, how, how do you perceive, you would, you're right there on the front lines organizing this. How do you perceive our movement growing? We're changing lives. Um, people are making connections. You know, we're so disconnected. We used to be a lot more disconnected to our foods, to things that we're, that we're wearing even, uh, the way that we live our lives. We're very, very disconnected. And we are making those connections now. And more people are influencing their family and friends to come together in this compassion movement. Um, I mean, I saw people that didn't know what veganism meant at all. I was walking to the parking lot and I saw a couple uh, our festival opens up at 11. They were there at 10.30. And I asked them, how did you hear about this? Is at Facebook. And they just wanted to get up. And the guy was very adamant in saying, I'm not here for the animals. I'm here for my health. I just want to hear one of the doctors speak about heart. And I thought, you know, that's okay. Because, and I think you mentioned this in one of your other episodes, everybody has a love language and that's okay. We just have to come together, but... This movement of compassion, it's not just compassion, right? It's, it's for our health, it's for our environment. Something is going to move in everyone. And we're getting there. So it, just, it makes me so, so happy that we're touching these people and we are getting to know their language. I am just blown away by what you've accomplished in terms of the sheer numbers. Now, I want to say that 
it's not just a numbers game. I This weekend, the reason I didn't go to the SoCal Veg Fest is that a long time ago, I agreed to go to the Low Country Veg Fest in Hilton Head, South Carolina, which is um, on the other side of the country. I landed in Savannah, Georgia. I attended the Hilton, the Hilton Head Low Country Veg Fest, which is a lot smaller, but the people there are just as passionate. And I thought it was just as important for me to speak to those folks. Those are the folks who know people who uh, have been hit by Hurricane Florence. I mean, this is uh, South Carolina, right near North Carolina, uh, that has been devastated. In fact, the organizer said that, you know, she had suffered as a result of these ferocious storms that are being exacerbated by climate change, which is caused by animal agriculture to a large degree um, that, that her home had been devastated and she was moving to a new home because of a previous storm. So these are the people who are going to get hit first because you see what's happening with Hurricane Maria in the Caribbean and then Hurricane Florence and Hurricane Michael. I was in that area. So I was trying to talk to people about how, guess what? It's in your self-interest almost more than anybody because you're getting hit by the the results of, of animal agriculture um, to make the switch. And there were, there were so many people there. We had a cube of truth going where people wearing anonymous for the voiceless mass hold a video of factory farming and show people, you know, all the horrors, how all the male chicks are killed because they don't need male chicks to, for the egg industry, how uh, the babies are, the baby calves are ripped away from the mothers. You know, so many people don't even understand the organizer herself, a wonderful woman named Carla Golden, uh, said, you know, I am embarrassed that I didn't even know that cows had to be pregnant to produce milk. I just thought, oh, they naturally produce milk. And then once I realized, oh, my God, these cows have to be pregnant, what happens to their babies? And then that's how I learned about veal, how they rip the babies away from the mother and they put the baby boys in crates where they sometimes can't even walk because they have to keep their flesh so soft for people who want veal. Um, and so she herself was saying to me, because um, she was, she gave me a tour of uh, Savannah where there's an incredible vegan restaurant called Fox and Fig that was packed and had great food. I had a vegan quiche. Yeah. Um, but she was saying to me that um, she beats herself up because she didn't wake up sooner. And I said, no, don't, don't do that. That's not necessary because not, very few of us were born vegans and we all woke up little by little. So what do you see, Ellen, in terms of as, as an activist who's there on the front lines doing vigils, uh, pig vigils um, in Los Angeles, and then you go, you go from that really hardcore activism where you're, you're bearing witness to animals who are going to their deaths. And then you go to something like the SoCal Veg Fest this weekend in Orange County, California, where 25 to 30,000 people gathered to celebrate another kind of life that doesn't involve killing those pigs. What do you see about the growth of the movement, Ellen? Uh, well, I think it's all interlinked. Uh, I think that just attending festivals like that, just being a part of that community, um, even just coming out and trying things. I mean, it's all linked. It's all pushing towards change. It's a, a change that we need for these animals, for this planet, for our health. Whatever your reason is, it's, it's time to make that change. 
And I mean, it makes me happy to see so many people come out to who want to try, who want to try something maybe that's different for them and, and maybe make that transition. Um, so it's, it's really anyway, someone doesn't have to come and do activism or go to a pig vigil uh, to, to be able to make that transition. I mean, that's available and I do recommend that for anybody who's willing to come to come and see that, but not everybody can do that. And so I think it, it's also a form of activism to, to commerce and, and the vegan market and the plant-based market and, and cruelty-free products. Uh, so, I mean, that's basically how I feel about it. Yeah. And, you know, of course, on Jane Unchained, we try to do everything uh, by the way, uh, Eugenia Krieger comments, animal agriculture is horrible. Have a heart, go vegan. Do not support the horrors. Were it only that easy, Eugenia, it's very hard to break through people's denials and the habits that they're accustomed to. And that is our big challenge. We know we're right. We know that animal agriculture is just basically legal torture. It's institutionalized torture. You know, look at this little guy. Everybody, so, so many Americans have a dog or a cat or both at home. And if anybody were to, for example, close your little ears, castrate <laughs> without anesthesia, or cut off his tail, or keep him in a crate the size of his body, never able to turn around, they'd be called monsters. They'd be called sociopaths. And in fact, they would be criminally prosecuted. But we live in a society where the vast majority of animals are not dogs and cats. And those animals, we are told, just don't count. Their suffering doesn't count. And in fact, if you try to show that suffering to people, they often attack you and say, you're traumatizing me. It happened to me this morning. Okay, I sent a friend a link. And uh, I was told that she wouldn't open it because it's too traumatizing. And to which I said, well, what about the trauma of the animals? What about the trauma of the poor people who don't have a choice of what job they want, who are paid to do all this killing, and they suffer trauma, PTSD, alcoholism, carpal tunnel syndrome. I mean, it's a, the turnover rate in animal agriculture in the slaughterhouses is huge because a lot of people just can't take it. What about their trauma? What about the trauma to the planet and the climate change? What about the trauma to all the wildlife that's being driven into exp extinction? because we're mowing down forests to grow crops to feed these animals who are an inefficient food source because they eat 40 times what they produce as meat or dairy. What about their trauma? You know okay. what, Jane, I think I'm so glad that you just brought that up because I think words, we're, the fact that we call meat, meat, that's, that's not the right word, right? We are just disconnecting ourselves. And that's why we're in this climate of people not wanting to see the truth. We're so soft now. We, everybody wants to wear this veil because they're so upset about what the actual truth is. However, we do need to toughen our skin. This, we're in this political climate where we want to be politically correct. However, we're not realizing that doing that, and not all of it, I'm, very, I'm a proponent for that, but we do need to understand what reality is. Reality is this is severed pieces of, someone's body that we are putting in packages and calling it meat and chicken and veal. Veal is not, veal is a baby cow flesh. And if we were to reword the way we use, reword, rebrand re this meat industry 
I think that would help. Well, I agree with you 100%. And if I ever look down, it's because I'm sharing this video and I urge you all to share this video. Um, we're going to take a short break on the radio show, Voice America Influencers. And I always want to give a shout out to Voice America Influencers for allowing us to discuss this content on their radio channel because the mainstream media is not talking about this because look at the commercials, meat, dairy, pharmaceuticals, the three industries that would collapse if people got healthy and stopped eating all the, these cholesterol-laden uh, foods. There's no cholesterol in plants. So um, I want to give a shout-out to Voice America Influencers for allowing us to even discuss this. And these um, podcasts go on iTunes. You can hear them on iTunes, and you can, you can listen to any one of our uh, radio shows by going to janeunchained.com, and there's a link right there. So we're going to take a short break on the radio show, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. So stay right there. We're continuing our discussion. And if you want to ask a question of either of these two amazing women, you can call in 866-472-5795. But we've got a lot of comments coming in. So stay right there. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. So welcome back, Voice America Influencers. Jane Unchained is the show. We are here with Miriam Arhuna. Uh, Mary Ann is the event organizer of the extraordinarily large and successful SoCal Veg Fest that just wrapped up two days with 25 to 30,000 people in attendance. A huge accomplishment. 
I, I still want to know exactly how she pulls that all together with her amazing team. And we're also here with Ellen Dead, who is one of the organizers Hi. of the Animal Alliance Network that holds vigils at a pig slaughterhouse in downtown Los Angeles. And we they bear witness, and we bear witness to them bearing witness by going live as these poor pigs, uh, who are just like our dogs and cats, uh, except smarter, actually, uh, go to their deaths. So they're almost like the two extremes, okay? The, the one extreme is the suffering, and the other extreme is the alternative that uh, folks like Maryam are offering with these incredible uh, vegan festivals that are all over the country. And I mentioned that I couldn't even go this year, even though I was there last year, because I was at a vegan festival in South Carolina. So, Miriam, when you are putting this together, how has it grown over the years? Tell us that. So this was the fourth year that we put this uh, festival on. And I actually attended. The reason I got hooked up or met these incredible uh, people at SoCal VegFest was the second year they had it, uh, which was at Orange Coast College, a community college, uh, I was there as an attendee. I had a flight to catch and I wanted some vegan food and I heard that there was a vegan festival. Uh, so I quickly went to the college, grabbed some food and I thought, oh my God, look at this. This is amazing. Uh, I grabbed my food and I, I thought, you know what? I need to get involved with this because um, at that point I had been in the vegan vegetarian lifestyle for about three years and I wanted to sort of immerse myself more in there and get involved as a volunteer. I reached out as a volunteer, and next thing I know, I'm helping them put on the festival for the third year. So the second year, I believe we had like about 5,000 people in attendance there. Third year, which was last year, uh, we moved to the fairgrounds, which Ellen, you know, um, you were there, and very massive, massive property. Um, And we hosted about 18,000 people there last year. Wow. So, yeah, we grew in, it was an incredible growth, 5,000 to 18,000. And then again, this year, 25 to 30,000. Again, I, you know, my numbers are still coming in and we have to put everything together. But those are the, that's the kind of growth that we're experiencing. Well, let me ask you this, because there are a lot of veg fests and, yes. you know, the smaller ones like the Low Country Veg Fest, very successful, but smaller. What advice would you give them to get bigger? Uh, because we were talking about it afterwards. Uh, I was saying I would love to see, um, apparently Savannah, Georgia is the birthplace of the Girl Scouts. I was like, let's get these Girl Scouts in. Let's get Boy Scouts in. Let's get church groups in. Let's get, um, how do you bring all those people in? What's your secret? The Okay, so you have to invite them to come on a panel. And everybody has to come from a place of non-judgment, right? So, I was not a vegan, and I think we have to come from that place of compassion and understand that not everybody was born into this vegan lifestyle. Some people were very fortunate to never have had to deal with this awful, cruel way of living, but I bear that, and a lot of other people bear that too. So understanding that is the first step. And the second thing is just invite them in. And the third, which is more of a business advice, is really find out where your customers are coming from. So I know mine are coming from um, social media, and that's where I'm going to put most of my marketing dollars. 
And that's actually where I can reach most people is through social media because not necessarily can I go and talk to someone that eats meat and be able to have that conversation. But on social media, the posts that I post and the advertising that I do advertise on there, that reaches them. And it is a numbers game. Okay, when you say you do advertising, what sort of advertising? Are you talking about Instagram, Facebook? What, spell it out a little bit. Yes. So Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, mine is probably, for SoCal VegFest, we probably get about 70% return on Instagram and 30% on Facebook. What do you mean uh, by return? Uh, people that view the ad and then then buy the ticket got it and furthermore selling 90 percent yes and furthermore 90 percent of the buyers of those tickets are women so i can really really target who i want to see my ads and that you know facebook has that capability so what i'm saying is if you want to reach people Learn how to use Facebook marketing, learn how to use Instagram marketing, and utilize those tools. Wow, that's really great information. Now, let me ask you a question because we're here with uh, Ellen Dent of Animal Alliance Network. She uh, worked one of the booths at the, your festival at the SoCal Veg Fest, but she also runs Animal Alliance Network, uh, which is, again, the other side. I like the two. Uh, sort of extremes that we're discussing here is you're doing, okay, the happy stuff, the food, the great clothing. I mean, I always shop at the Veg Fest. I got some scrub. I got uh, a, a bag. Uh, I got, um, you know, gifts for that snarky vegan girl. Um, I, I feel like I can shop guilt-free at a Veg Fest. I get everything from deodorant to, uh, you know, massage oils. Although I was frisked, very, very carefully at the airport when I tried to bring this body scrub <laughs> back from the bench test, and they were doing all sorts of tests on me and I was like go ahead I have nothing to hide you could you could search me you know this <laughs> Sunday but um, I do try to bring those items back so uh, what does what does this conversation listen we're at a point now we're at a tipping point we're at a point where we have to um, wake up the world up because we're headed toward an ecological cataclysm. This is why I am going to Vegan World 2026 on Friday in Tempe, Arizona, which has been created by Dr. Selesh Rao. He's a Stanford PhD who was instrumental in the development of the internet. And he believes that we can create the rapid change needed to transition to a plant-based lifestyle. And we're all going to sit down in groups and we're going to create the infrastructure for a vegan world, which he calls a world of normalized nonviolence. So right now we have a world of normalized violence and we have to transition to a world of normalized violence in order to save the planet. Because in in less than a decade, we will have destroyed virtually all wildlife vertebrates on this planet. And if we don't take action, um, we are going to uh, essentially, I mean, what's happening in, in uh, with Hurricane Florence and Hurricane Maria and Hurricane Michael is going to be a little tea party. It's going to be a little tea party, Ellen, compared to what's happening. So what... What do we do to move it, move the ball forward? We know that Mary Ann is doing these incredible 
VegFest. She's doing her part. You're doing your part with the Animal Network Alliance. I'm doing my part with Jane Unchained. Um, but how do we bring the culture forward? For example, the friend that I have, and and I we had an argument actually on text because I can't talk about my work to her. It's she considers it traumatizing. And you know, I decided that's not acceptable to me. That's not acceptable that me sharing my work and the truth about what's happening to animals is unacceptable because somebody says it's traumatizing them. What about the trauma to the animals? What about the trauma to the planet? What about the trauma to the workers? What about the trauma uh, to the people who live near these manure lagoons? What about all that trauma? So how do we break through, Ellen, to those people who want to really remain in denial? Um, you know, I feel like when people reflect on themselves and how they feel, um, they're really forgetting who the true victims are here. And just like you said, it is the animals, it is the workers, it is the planet, and it's really all of us. And I believe that we, we really need to hit the masses. I think we're doing a great job of, of building momentum here. And we're getting more and more people to find out. And, and just like you said yesterday, 40% of people have opened up to a plant-based diet. I mean, that's amazing. That alone is amazing. But unfortunately, I, I hate to say it, I, I feel like a lot of people are not going to connect in time. And I'm afraid that the masses will not connect in time. And we can do our best and we can keep you know, doing our activism, you know, in any way that we can, whether, whether it's vigils or protests or, you know, veg fest. I mean, really, we wouldn't call that a protest, but it is activism to just be able to introduce that, to make that available to so many people. And, and with your news network, you reach so many people and it's absolutely amazing, but we need that mass media to get in there. We need well, they're, they're not, they're not picking up that ball because of the advertisers. Um, and, you know, there have been a few exceptions during, um, in the wake of Hurricane Florence, they all talked about the manure lagoons, but only in the context of how it affects people. And as I spoke yesterday at the uh, Veg Fest in Hilton Head, I said, imagine that you're being reduced to such a low place in society that you can't be considered victims. Oh, no. Three and a half million farm animals, chickens and Turkeys and pigs were left to drown in warehouses in North Carolina during Hurricane Florence, and we can't even mention that they're victims? What kind of a sick society is that? And being well-adjusted to a sick society is nothing to be proud of. Uh, and a, a society gets healthier when people start admitting the sickness. It's like anything else. I always use the context of uh, alcohol, alcoholism. I didn't get better till I admitted I had a problem. The first step is you admit you have a problem. You you accept the reality. And this is this is the thing that I think people are really, that part is they don't want to accept the reality of what's happening. They want to have their comfort, but they don't want to accept the reality. We need to give them a moment of clarity. And different people respond differently. Um, I do agree that things are getting better in the sense that I quoted CNBC. They talked about the fact that Beyond Meat is seeking to do an initial public offering. In other words, Beyond Meat, the vegan hamburger company is going public. And I can't wait to buy stock in Beyond Meat and support that. Um, and in the course of that article, they said that a 40%, almost 40% of Americans are seeking to eat more plant-based meats, plant-based food, plant-based food, vegetables. 
And they also said that the meat alternatives sector market has jumped 22% in 2017. So these are all reasons to give us hope. We have to normalize this way of eating. And the irony is, uh, Ellen, that this is how our this is how our grandparents ate. There was no McDonald's. That only came around in the mid-50s. That's when it started. We didn't have all these fast food joints um, off every freeway. And so actually, and I'll throw this at Marianne, our grandparents ate more of a vegan diet than anybody wants to admit. If you want to talk about old-fashioned, traditional, all the things that they try to put on meat, it's actually on vegetables, Miriam. That's true. Everything, if, if anyone tries to eat a piece of meat raw and, un, and with no spice, they'll quickly realize it is disgusting. Raw meat is not delicious. It's the spices that makes it delicious. You can do that with mushrooms. You can do it with avocados. You can do that with any piece of vegetable. It's all about spices and it's all about brine. It's just the way you season it. How do we get people to look at the reality? And I agree. Eugenia Krieger says, yes, it has to be treated as an addiction. Gabe Oria says, it's pretty much, time is pretty much up at this point. People need to wake up, not in five years, but now. And I agree. I mean, honestly, you get props for waking up 25 to 30,000 people in your own way. In other words, they're waking up and they're showing up and you're mobilizing them and you're getting involved, getting them involved in this lifestyle. And Ellen is doing an incredible job by showing the truth. And we're doing what we can to go live when Ellen bears witness with her team down at the pig slaughterhouse. But there is this missing component. And, uh, you know, they say that when 3.5% of the population makes a change, then the rest follow. There are people who will only make that switch when it becomes normalized and they feel like they're not going to be outliers. They want to belong. As one young lady told me, she said, I tried being vegan, but it was too inconvenient when I went out to dinner with my friends. Now, what I should have said is, so your values are not as important. Your personal ethical values are not as important as convenience and fitting in. Is that what you're telling me? That fitting in is the most important thing for you beyond any concept of right or wrong or suffering. I didn't say that, but because I was trying to think of what to say without, without being argumentative, you know, and so many people say, just pose questions, just pose questions back. So that would have been a great question for me to pose. So what we need to deal with is we need to reach those people for whom convenience and fitting in are the most important values if they're honest with themselves. Their values of right and wrong, um, suffering, violence, all of that falls beneath two things. Fitting in, not standing out, being part of the pack, because it's very important to be part of a pack. We're pack animals. Mm-hmm. And convenience. How do we impact those people? That is my question. Jane, I think one of the things is, I think we all agree that nobody wants to be a murderer, right? That's not, I don't want to be, I don't want to fit in with that group, right? I don't want to contribute to that. And something that we're not talking about is the actual true cost of meat. What is that cost? Just because you don't kill something doesn't mean you're not a murderer. 
right? If you're paying for it. Yes. We've discussed this before many times. It's the same thing with crime, which I covered for years. If you pick up the phone and say, I want you to take out Joey down the block. Exactly. And somebody, and Tom goes and kills Joey, you're responsible because you ordered the hit. Yep. You don't have to actually do the killing yourself to be morally or legally responsible when it comes to humans and morally responsible when it comes to animals. Um, That's the conversation. Oh, we have a caller. I don't know if she's still there. Is Paige uh, from Orange County still on hold? What's your question, Hello? Paige? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. What's your question? Okay, fantastic. It was actually more of a comment. May I? Yes. Uh, having attended an incredible weekend, two days at the Orange County Festival, great work, both of you. Um, one of the things that came up for me that was so incredibly powerful, I had so many conversations with people that are not vegan. And I came off the stage with Dotsie Bausch, who was one of the panelists on the athletes panel, who has a um, campaign called Switch for Good. And this woman was waiting in line to meet Dotsie, and we start talking, and she said, I just can't get rid of my cheese craving. I crave cheese. And I said, you know, it's not your fault. And she said, what do you mean? I said, you're addicted. It's part of the way in which it, it goes about. This is how it happens. We get addicted to the cheese. I was with you once. And she's like, well, we'll say more about that. And then I remembered a book that I had heard about. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard him talk about it. Neil Bernard, Dr. Neil Bernard talks about the cheese trap and the endorphins and the um, dopamine, I think it is. And Morphine. Yeah, right? Uh, Morphine. Yeah, that there's opioids that make you addicted to cow, sheep, and goat cheese. So okay. I was, it was really quite something. Well, wonderful. Have that connection. Paige is an amazing activist in her own right, and she is our booker on Jane Unchained. And I, my big question for Paige, which you don't have to answer, is when do you sleep? Because she goes to the <laughs> she goes to the veg and we're going to Soup Goddess right after this to have some vegan soup. And by the way, Ellen, if you want to join us, you could join us and, and as well, Marianne. But I know you're down in Orange County. But we're going to have some vegan soup for lunch break live. But um, Marianne, tell us about the cheese addiction and what we can do about it because there's so many alternatives now. There's Miyoko's, there's Tree Line, there's Daya, there's Follow Your Heart, there's Chow Cheese, and they they taste just like cheese. I serve it sometimes to people like a. I had an older cousin come over and I just fed, I just put it out there and he ate it. He had no concept that that wasn't cheese from a dairy cow. People don't know that. Absolutely. We just have to explore the new options that we have. Five years ago, we didn't have these options. So go out there and buy these cheeses, you know, support these small companies. We had another company come out, Rain uh, Vegan Cheese, brand new company. Uh, they were one of our sponsors and people were eating it in the VIP section and going, oh my God, what is this cheese? They had blue cheese, they had cheddar cheese. I mean, incredible items or products are coming out from these small companies, uh, cashew-based, almond-based. These are all non-cruelty items. Uh, the problem with actual cheese, dairy cheese, obviously, aside from cruelty, is that just like what Paige was saying, it is actually addictive. They have the same properties as morpheus. These are, you are actually 
addicted to cheese. And that's why we never see the, it's very rare to um, see this graduation of vegetarianism to veganism, right? It's very hard for them to make that change. It's not because they don't want to, it's because their body is addicted to this dairy. And my understanding from talking to uh, various doctors who have studied this is that it's basically that um, to encourage the baby calf to drink the mother's milk, the breast milk of a cow, they, nature put a, 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 a morphine-like substance in there that makes the baby crave the milk, but it also works on us. One of the things that I wanted to discuss is the enormous amount of antibiotics that are being pumped into a factory farm animals because they're being kept in such horrible conditions. Most people don't know that 80% of all antibiotics sold in the United States are pumped into farm animals because if not, because of the conditions they're kept in, they would die. And um, Ellen, we've seen salmonella outbreaks now in the past days with uh, chicken and beef. And uh, in the case of the chicken specifically, I remember reading that these are multi-drug resistant salmonella outbreaks and that the National Institutes of Health is saying essentially they are worried that if we continue on this way, there's going to be a superbug that is going to make a lot of people sick. And the National Institutes of Health cause the overuse of antibiotics in farm animals, which also makes them grow faster, which, you know, when we eat that they're supposed to pass out of the animal system the growth hormones but when we eat that it could have an impact on us i mean we see some bodies that are disformed that are growing sort of unnaturally large just like the animals are uh, but that's a theory on my part suffice it to say that 80 percent of antibiotics are fed to farm animals because they grow the animals faster and because they're kept in such horrible conditions so uh, when you not to talk about any company specifically, but when you see these pigs, for example, go in, Ellen, uh, what do you see in terms of how they're, how they're arriving at the slaughterhouse? Uh, wow. Uh, you know, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, they are babies uh, in most cases, uh, about four to six months old because their meat's still tender at that point. Um, we've seen everything from abscesses to rectal prolapses, um, you know, many cuts, bruises, uh, they're covered in uh, filth, um, usually their own fecal matter. And then you wonder why about 80% of meat has fecal matter, traces of fecal matter in it. It's because you're eating something that went to the bathroom and it, you know, that those particles, they can't be washed away. It's, it's part of them. And so you wonder why people are having salmonella and, and why they're feeling so sick is because anything that goes into that animal, anything that's cut apart from that animal is in that package. So just because it's been cut down into these little pieces and you can't recognize anymore, it is still that animal. And yeah, yeah. it's an animal. And, you know, I've been there too and, and seen the animals in their feces, um, you know, urinating on each other. We don't want to gross you out, but it's, it's not a pretty picture. And yet we're so conditioned that when people say, I say, try some, uh, you know, try here, try a, uh, uh, a tempeh burger. And they go, ooh, tempeh, ooh, tempeh, which is like the purest food. If you watch the process, which I have, of soy being manufactured, it's untouched by human hands. It's the cleanest process you could possibly, possibly ask for. And that's conditioning. We, we have to get people to 
uh, look, it takes usually at least a dozen times for somebody to get a message. That's why TV commercials, um, you know, run endlessly. And even though the advertisers know most people mute the commercials or walk away or aren't paying attention, it's getting into their psyche. And that's why we need everybody to use social media, uh, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Snapchat, whether it's um, Twitter, whether it's uh, what we're doing here with Zoom and also with iTunes. Um, we need to get this information out because the clock is ticking. And this is where I have to work on myself because I, I've lost my patience with people that I've known for years who just who just basically don't want to, don't tell me, I don't want to know. But I want to keep eating this food and it's impacting the whole world. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I, I'm losing my patience with those people who say, don't tell me. I don't want to know. It's too traumatizing for me. And Jane, you know, go ahead. You know, it, it's good that you bring this up because I think we're at a point where we cannot ignore it anymore as a society. You know, the environment report, as you know, came out a couple of weeks ago saying we have, what, 20 more good years to live? Yeah. Uh, there's another doctor, Dr. McPherson. He believes it's even less than that. I mean, yeah. we are at a point where those conversations are not they're not luxury conversations. We have to have those. It's not that can we have those, should we have those. Now we must have those conversations. And it's not that it's going to be an Armageddon situation where one day the world is just going to be wiped out. It's a slow progress towards devastation. I mean, we look at Venezuela and what's happening over there. It's, it's going to affect our food supply. You know, little by little, people are going to feel it. And the people, unfortunately, that are going to feel it most are the poor people. Yeah. Well, you know, that's another aspect. I try to stay away from politics entirely. But one of the things that I do point out, and there have been articles that say, you know, we never discussed the fact that a lot of these migrants from Latin America are climate change refugees. For centuries, they were subsistence farmers who just basically lived off the land and tilled the land. And they can't do that anymore. Because the climate has changed down there to the point where they go from extreme heat to torrential rain, back and forth, back and forth. And the time of temperate zones where they could actually just grow corn and grow these crops and live off of that, it's over. And it's over because of climate change. And animal agriculture is a leading cause of climate change far beyond all transportation combined. And habitat destruction to grow all the crops, to feed 74 billion animals that we kill every year. Um, and that's just land animals, not including fish. So we are here. We're getting to the end. Um, we've got about four minutes. I want everybody to give final thoughts on where, where we can take this next. I mean, first of all, congratulations, Mary Ann, on an incredible veg fest. One of the most successful in the world, the SoCal Veg Fest. I hope you Make it a point to uh, put it on your calendar for next year if you missed it this year or if you didn't miss it. Um, and what are your thoughts? Where do we go next? Everywhere. We, we need to go everywhere. Uh, we need to reach everyone. Uh, I am myself looking to expand to different uh, counties and hopefully across the nation. Uh, and just like you said, Jane, you were in South Carolina in a small city 
and it's there. I met somebody, an organizer from Kansas. In Kansas, I mean, this is incredible. I met another person a few weeks ago. He was organizing things in Chile. You know, veg fests are growing, or uh, how, whatever you want to call them. You know, this vegan lifestyle festivals. Uh, they are growing, and I have to do my part, and Ellen, Ellen's going to do her part, and you're doing your part, and we are all doing. We're all speaking different languages to reach different types of people. And I think we need to continue that and help other people like us do the same. So if I can help someone, an organizer, reach more people and grow their festival, I am so happy to do that because the more people we touch and the more people we uh, invite to our, our festivals, the more vegans will come out of that. And thank you, that was wonderful, Ellen Dent. Absolutely. Uh, you know, ignorance, it's not bliss and it's not going to be bliss in the future. Uh, so, you know, I encourage people to hear the truth. And, you know, a lot of people think that these pig vigils are, are very hardcore. Any of these vigils, we're very open. We're very loving people. Uh, you come out and we don't get in your face about not being a vegan or anything like that. Uh, so, I mean, you come out and you, you see the truth and it'll change you forever. So uh, please come out. Please come out to any events that you can as far as activism, as far as vigils. Come to the Veg Fest. Bring your friends. Bring, bring everybody. Tell everybody. Because people deserve to hear the truth even if they don't want to hear it. Yes. And it's almost like, help me help you. What was that famous line in the movie? I remember. I forget what movie. <laughs> but it was like, help me help you. Yes. And uh, we're trying to help people. We're not attacking them. We want them to live. We want them, if they have grandchildren, for their grandchildren to be able to see wild animals. We want them to live longer. Uh, there was one thing said at your, as we wrap up, I'll, I'll end with this. There was one thing said at your festival by um, a doctor, forget his name, but he's brilliant. And he said, everybody raise your hands if you've ever, if you know somebody who's been shot. Raise your hands if you know somebody who's been stabbed. And basically, very few people raise their hand. He said, raise your hand if you know somebody who's died of heart disease or suffering heart disease. Everybody raised their hand, practically. So it's a killer, but it's not being recognized as a killer. Heart disease, arteries clogging the heart with plaque, it's cholesterol, it comes from animal products. So it's a killer. It's killing people. It's killing your loved ones. And we're just trying to say, hey, there's a better way. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to lose your relatives and your loved ones prematurely. We could save the planet. We could save the animals. We could save us. There's another way. I want to thank all of you for joining us. Um, you, you, you ladies give me hope uh, for the future. And um, all I could say is do the next indicated thing. Carry on. Thank you, uh, Ellen Dent and Miriam Arhuna, for your incredible work. See you Thank next you. time. And thank you, Voice America Influencers and the Control Room for uh, helping us spread the word. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Thank you.